every person that you hire is a reflection of where you're at at that particular time. The hiring before, I wasn't good at it. And just like everything else, you just had to just have to keep doing it. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. This is I Love Mortgage Brokering Live, Episode 6. And today on the show, I have Bernadette Laxamana. I've had Bernadette on with me a few times, and I always love hearing what she's up to. She's so inspiring, so disciplined, so motivated. And so in this episode, we talk a lot about her process, what happens when a lead comes in. We talk about what she does in the morning to get ready for her day. So from she gets up at 4.30 a.m. and gets her day going. And then we also talk about uh, how she manages her time, because last year she did something like 120 million, 300 loans and doesn't work evenings or weekends. She's a very, very tight process, a very inspiring conversation. So I think you're going to totally dig this. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. So if you're looking for a private lender in BC or Alberta, check out Pioneer West. They've been a huge supporter of us pretty much from the beginning and they specialize in private loans and they're really quick. So they'll give you an answer quick. They're not going to waste your time. So check out pioneerwest.com and say hi to Styles. Those guys are awesome. And check out this episode with Bernadette. I think you're going to love it. All right. So cool. We're going to get started, Bernadette. And so I'm... (laughs) Okay. This is a new format. We've had... I know. This is fun. Problems with it, but like we're getting it figured out. What I want to talk about today with you is morning routine. I want to dive into what you do there. And then in terms of time management, because you're crushing, you know, you're doing a lot of volume, a lot of units, and you don't look stressed out. I'm looking at you right now. You look like totally. (laughs) So what's the, and so I want to talk about that. And I think that wherever someone's at in their business that they can use, they can use better, you know, a good morning routine sets up your day and time management obviously is valuable. So why don't you walk me through uh, what you're currently doing if you don't, well, actually, just introduce yourself because maybe I think everybody knows you because I know you, but let's introduce, tell me who is Bernadette and like, how did you, where did you come from? So <laughs> give me your story. Uh, uh, give yeah. me like the three minute story of Bernadette so that people who okay. don't know you. Right. Uh, my name is Bernadette Laxamana. I've been a mortgage broker for 15 years now. And uh, currently I am the owner of Carista Mortgage and we are based in Burnaby, BC. So prior to being a mortgage broker, I was in the banking side for about 10 years. So I've been in the industry, you know, financial services industry for 25 years. I'm old. <laughs> so you're, you're, you do a quite a bit of, do you mind sharing what your guys did last year for volume? Uh, yes. Last year we did 120 million with my team. Uh, so I have a team of wonderful underwriters I couldn't have achieved that without my awesome team. So I have a couple of great underwriters. I have a couple of client care managers and I have a couple of other people, uh, Vinish and Lewis, who are also doing mortgages with me. So to walk me through, if you don't mind, just before we get into the morning routine and time management stuff. So, so how many units would that represent? So 120, was that like, you know, $120 million? It was like 300, I think. It was okay. about 300 units. So your mortgage size is about 400,000? Yes, that's okay. right. And then so and when a typical mortgage, like a, say a, a customer reaches out to you, what does that process look like? So Oh, like- that's a very good question. So when a lead comes in, I don't talk to the leads. Um, I have a client care manager who talks to the lead and understands what they're looking for. 
and goes right into, we want to send you a list of documents that we need. So I think a lot of people have heard this, no doc, no talk. I really don't want to sit down with the client without their documents. And I, my team explains it to them as a doctor, I can't prescribe a medication unless I know the case. And we also tell them that we deal with over 50 lenders and it's important for them for me to understand their situation so we can have a meaning, meaningful conversation. And I, we don't get resistance. They do submit the documents and my team follows up and everything. And then once we have the documents, it goes to our underwriters. They review the documents, review the different options. So when I sit down with the client, I can present them with a whole slew of solutions depending on our, they can ask me any question and I can answer them intelligently because I have documents. So, right, yeah, you got the full, you know, the full uh, everything's going on with the file. So then at what point do you move into the, to the conversation? So basically they get the lead, they get the documents, it goes to underwriting center. Once the underwriter has reviewed it and give, give, has given the whole picture, it goes back to my client care manager and they book me. Okay. And so then, you're, yeah. You're a lawyer who gets everything all organized and then now you can make a good decision. So then how long per file does it typically take you? Buddy, I probably spend 10 to 15 minutes before the meeting to understand the file. Sometimes it's five minutes before the appointment mm -hmm. uh, because it's really detailed when uh, my underwriter has done it. And then I sit with the client. The conversation can range between 20 to 40 minutes. Okay. For, and do you meet your clients face to face or are you doing this all like over the phone or zoom or what do you use? I do it over the phone. Okay. Everything is over the phone. I used to meet with the clients. All of them come to the office and all that. But um, in order to help more people, we've made it more of a phone conversation. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and everybody prefers that anyway because they don't have to travel and I don't have to travel. And so. I assume you book your phone. So you're, these are booked phone calls. They're not just like you, you're playing phone tag trying to like, hey, trying to connect. It's like yeah. phone calls are always it's booked. booked. It's books that my team gets it. So once we have the documents, my team calls the client and books it two days later because we know that we can get back to them. Even though the result hasn't been back, we already book it. At least the client knows that if they've sent it, it's booked. Kind of, and they're not like waiting forever for an answer. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anybody who's watching on just, I'm going to chat from Facebook. If anybody on Facebook has a question for us, uh, write it in the chat box and then Matt will bring it up to us because we, we're going to just stay focused on our conversation. This is the new thing is the more things you give me to mess with, I'll mess, I'll break, I break stuff. Every <laughs> the last three weeks, I've broken something every time. And so we're like, okay, you're not going to touch anything, Scott, but just talk. And then they'll bring any questions that are look interesting. So any questions, write them in the, in Facebook and we'd love to hear them from you. So, okay. And do you ever, cause this sounds like a, you know, most people think, oh my gosh, you got to talk to the person right away. Like, you know, if you don't, if you don't follow up, you're going to lose business. Like that, that hasn't happened to you. No, that, that hasn't happened to me. Uh, when we give them the why, what's the purpose of sending the documents and everything they, they get it, they understand it. And I have, again, I have an awesome team. They're so good at the follow-up. Uh, they have, they have a list of people to call and they have a schedule. So they follow up. We have a lead tracker. So we track all the leads that come in and they call the leads every week. We try to do it every two days, but it seems it's too much for some people. They don't have the same pacing and gathering mm -hmm. the documents and what have you. So we do follow up um, on a weekly basis, all the leads religiously every week. And we track, like we have a log of, what the conversation was like and a shout out to Dustin and Kyle 
uh, regarding the phone conversations because I was of the belief, everything is about belief. Like what you said, the story changes your mm-hmm. re- reality. Totally. My story was they have to meet with me in order for them to stick with me. Well, I've had clients who met with me, still left me. Might as well create a environment that works for everybody. And I understand that Dustin does everything over the phone. Um, although he's more efficient, he can pinpoint a credit score just by the conversation. I'm not there. Um, but I did learn from them, Kyle and Dustin. And so that's why I, it's all phone appointments. Right. And you're talking about Kyle Green, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Green. Yeah, I agree. With you. Yeah. I think the phone is the way to, and people just want an answer at the end of the day. Like if you can, so the, yeah, I love, I think that's a good process. Okay. So that that's, I just wanted to chat about that because I think that's amazing. So tell me about what is your morning routine like? So when do you get up and what is, what are you doing to get yourself yeah. prepared for the day? Cause you're doing a, and, and then I want to, I'm going to ask later, but like, what's, how long is your work day and how many, like, are you working evenings and weekends? So I got lots of questions, right. so, okay. but just start with the okay. morning. What do you do? I wake up every day at four 30 in the morning, uh, four 30 in the morning, whether Seven it's days on a week? Saturday or Sunday. Seven days a Seven week. Seven days a week. Not and even on Sunday. Even if you, no, <laughs> even on Sunday. I am weird that way, yes. And the weirder part is even if you if I go to a different time zone, I will still wake up at four thirty that time zone. Okay. Uh, I can go to Toronto, I'll still wake up at four thirty. So I wake up at four thirty and I work out. Uh, my workout has changed over the years, but currently my workout is thirty minutes intense workout, P ninety X three, insanity for 30 minutes and then 30 minutes of yoga, Pilates or stretching. And the reason I did that is I was bad before. I was doing an hour and a half of just intense workout and I was only stretching for two minutes. The result of that is my body just took so much beating when I went for a massage. I do get a massage every week. That's my ritual now too. Um, My body was sore from my fingertip to my toes. So I had to change everything. So 30 minutes intense, 30 minutes of yoga, and then 30 minutes of uh, meditation. And when I'm working out, because I know the routine, I'm also listening to Audible. Um, I'm listening to a book. So basically, that first hour and a half, I'm taking care of my body, I'm taking care of my mind, and I'm taking care of my spirit with my meditation. Okay, so, so the, the, yeah. you, do you list, you don't listen to an audiobook when you're meditating, though, correct? So you'd only listen to that? No, total. That's when I stop. And sometimes when I'm doing yoga, I have to stop the audible as well, right? Because it has to be It takes flowing. a bit more concentration for the, yeah. for the yoga. Okay. And then, all right, mm-hmm. then what happens? 90 minutes. So we're now talking at 6 a.m. Most people are not even out of bed yet. Then you've already had 90. <laughs> what are you doing next? Yeah, so I get ready for work and I prepare... A lot of people get shocked with this. I prepare my kids' breakfast and my husband's too and our lunches. So we have a breakfast as a family together every morning. Um, And so we share breakfast, like, you know, eggs and all that stuff. And then I prepare everybody's lunch, even my husband. And then I take the kids to school. So basically, that's the heart piece. I take care of my heart. I take care of my relationship with my kids. We have fun. I connect with my family. So by the time I hit work, uh, about 8.15, because I drop off the kids about 8, 8.15, I've done, I've taken care of Bernadette, uh, body, heart, and soul. And then so I'm ready to give my bath to work because I took care of all that. 
Okay. I I freaking I just get I get goosebumps talking to you. Okay, I gotta ask you something though because my ADDs. What is that? Did your daughter draw that on the wall behind you? What is that image? That, that's my son, my thirteen-year-old son. I gotta get closer that. to look at this. <laughs> it's, it's a dragon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I thought it was—a dragon. That's so awesome. Okay, I, that's my like. What is this thing in the background? I just have a black sheet behind me. You got like a dragon. Okay, so you started at eight fifteen. Walk me through what does the what do you, what do you start? What's the first thing you do when you come in? Are you on Facebook? Okay, so the, yeah, so the at the eight fifty. What's that? Did you come on Facebook and be like, "What's going on, people?" No. no. Um, the first thing is I do is I go to my sheet. I have a purposeful sheet. And I go over my sheet every morning and set my intention for the day. Explain that to me. Um, what do you, I, I know. I think I know what you're going to say, but I want you to explain it to somebody who's never heard this idea of set your intention. Yeah. So basically, uh, my sheet. Like I talk about what I'm great on my sheet. I'll I'll write the three things I'm grateful for to the, the day, and I set my intention. So basically, when you set your intention, then that's the framework of how the day will close. And the intention, I, I always put my intention to make a positive lasting difference. I want to make a positive lasting difference. I want to make a positive life. So I, I have that my, as my first intention. And then my intention of what it is exactly I want to make happen today. For example, I go one live deal today. So I've got to do everything I can to create that one live deal type of thing and then I could have another intention love myself or connect with my team or something along those lines so I'll set my top three intentions that I have to make happen that day um and then I go write about the thing daily affirmation the things I like about myself because it we have 90,000 thoughts in a day that's all negative that's just who we are it's important for me to acknowledge what I'm good at again it's part of my self-love and self-care that I do. And then after that, I look at the things that I could do for money making. Money making are the things that brings in business today. So for me, money makers are live deals. I want to make sure that I attend to the live deals. My underwriters need an answer for me. So I have to make sure I reply to them right away so that we could get the ball rolling. So those are the money makers. My appointments are money makers. Make sure I'm fully present for those. Those are the urgent and important today. And then the business builders are the phone calls that I have to make on a daily basis. So they are not urgent and important. So I have to make sure I do those. So I try to do between 10 to 15 a day. Okay, so who do you call? Who do you you phone in those phone calls? So Mondays is a realtor phone call. And then the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are past clients depending on the stage. It could be pre-approval. It could be... The renewal clients, it could be the clients we just closed. It could be the clients that are closing. So each day is a client call from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But Monday is devoted to realtors. Okay. And so uh, how, do you have a certain time of day every day you do this so that it's the same? Or do you just do you just schedule a, like, do you need an hour? Morning. What Morning and what time? I need an hour. So nine o'clock. I'm so, on the phone, nine o'clock. Because it's done. Just like a workout. Um, these business builders build, builder calls are the ones that if we get, if I shove it later, it doesn't happen. So I find that I nine o'clock is the best time to do it. And I just make the call. If I get a voicemail, I leave a voicemail throughout the day. They will call me back type of thing. So I call them. It used to be a greatness tracker call. Now I just, just call them making a difference phone call. This is just called to make a difference. So I connect. 
whatever. So then it makes it's more fun. And it's again, it's about your intention. What is your intention when you're making that call, right? So it's about making. Uh, Yes, it's about that intention. My intention is to make a positive, lasting difference. Before it was really a sales call. It was harder, man. When the intention was to sell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was so different. It was it was heavier. But if the intention was to make a difference, come on. I'm just calling to make a difference. It's right. A very okay, give me an example of what's okay. I got a couple of questions on that. Would you, do you call the same people every week or do you like, cause you must have, you know, a, 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 no. okay. So how no, often would it, you call a realtor? Be. So the, the same, so basically the same people would be the realtor really. And so, but for the clients, so it's the pre-approval clients will be different. Clients that are closing will be different. The clients that we close would be different. So it's a, it's a different flavor. Okay, day. with the realtor calls that you do. So do you? So let's say if you got ten or I don't know how many realtors you have that are that you use you all the time. We have six. You have six. That's it. And so it. wow. And so okay, <laughs> do you call the six every week? Uh, yes. So basically, I just say hi. So basically, because we're always working with a client, right? So it could be just to connect. Say hey, how's it going? How's your weekend? And oh, by the way, for this client, this is what's happening. Do you have any questions? Like really, it just. Hi. What about how, how do, you, do you try to add to that in group of realtors that you're working with? No, but you did. So uh, this, but you're at a different stage in your business. So this is if you were somebody yeah. who's newer, you're gonna you did this in the past. You would call realtors and build relationships, but now you've got a big database and you have a machine, right? That is a much more. That, that that's a good point because I was looking at my history. A lot of a lot of my business before was realtors, and over time it's dropped. Right. There was a time that I was dealing with about fifteen. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, you know, they've dropped off. Right. And realtors yeah. are great. They help you build your database. And eventually over time, they like, do. and you're 15 years in, you've got a debt, like, and, and so you, it's not as important that you have as many of them because you just market your database and you get business that way. Yes. And so I do know a lot of um, mortgage brokers who've been around for a long time and they do have a lot of realtors that they deal with and, and they have great volume. So it just, in my particular business, it hasn't worked that way. Demographics, whatever, um, it hasn't. But it is an, a, a vital and important part of the business. So when you hear this from me, I'm not saying you shouldn't deal with um, realtors. They were, they are important, and they were important. And if you could have the same great relationship that I have with my handful of realtors, multiply that three times, that's even better. Mm-hmm. It's just not working right like that for not right now for me. Right. And I mean, yeah. you're only, you're only doing 300 loans a year. So I mean, you know, like whatevs, right? I'm just kidding. That's like, so you're busy <laughs> enough. You like it. And you probably, you know, or not, uh, what, so what's your goal? So that's a question for you. So you did, you know, 120 and you have, you are like a pint. You're like, I always say you're like a can of Red Bull. You're just so like energetic. So what's your goal for this next year? Cause uh, you always want to grow. I know that's just how you're wired. <laughs> this is a challenge because Deepak Chopra said, if you have a goal, you know, keep it to yourself. Say, I'd like to grow 25% every year. Okay. That's good. That's a, that's a good, uh, good, num- good, good way to answer that question. All right. So 815. And so from 815 to nine, before you start making those calls, what are you doing in that 45 minutes? Um, okay. So I look at my um, purposeful sheet. So that's what it is. And I also check emails. So, okay. A lot of people said, don't check your emails, but for my 15 years of my career, I, I check my emails every morning. And again, remember, my moneymaker are the, are the live deals. So if like, I have to make sure that 
that's been properly delegated and dealt with. Because if I'm on the phone for two to three hours and people are needing me, it delays the whole system. Yeah, you, you become the bottleneck. I, yeah. So you have to like answer I any become, questions. Yeah. 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 So I take care of the emails. I my my email, my inbox is my to-do list. I get really crazy if there's a lot there. So do you, get, uh, do you ever get I to inbox zero? What's that? You get to inbox zero, you know where there's no more e- emails in there? Yes, I have to be. Like how, how and, often? And you know what? This is my entire team. Uh, we are all inbox zero. Our like every inbox day? is our. Every day? What's that? Are you talking like every day or just like once every six? I'm like once every six months kind of guy. So you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> the, the maximum the maximum it will have would be 10. It's because they're not urgent and it just sits there. But that's the max. Okay. If ever, if ever. It, can't, it won't be more than that. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, all right. So then nine till 10, 11, you're making phone calls. So then what does the rest of your day look like? Appointments. The goal every week, I tell my team, I'd like to be 20, at least 20 appointments. And these are like client, so either lead appointments or what about a sign? Do you do the signing appointment as well? Or like a vert? Like oh, a, that's a good thing. This is again, yeah. I learned from Dustin yeah. um, and Kyle. I, I used to sign everybody and it was like, it's my thing. I have to, they have to sign. I have to sign in front of them. Uh, everything is all via sign now. Mm-hmm. So we send the documents to the client via sign now. It's a wonderful thing. And that actually opened up more time for me to help more people. Because if, instead of be sitting in front of the client for an hour, going through the details of the commitment, I could be doing consultations and helping and all that stuff. So what so, if somebody has questions on the signing documents? So who answers those? One of your underwriters? Depends on the question. So basically, the client, oh, I have a question. And then my client care manager goes over what's the question. If they can answer it, they will. If not, they will book it with me. Okay. Yeah. And then, so your signing meetings are, so you're really only doing that initial meeting. So then let's talk about what's your a client for life strategy. Because I know that you do a really good job of marketing mm-hmm. to your clients. So what kind of things are you doing to make sure that your clients that you, you're loving on never forget about you? Yes. So basically we have a few touches. So all the clients get birthday cards. I think that's normal. Uh, we also have the calendars that go out at the end of the year. So it means there's two touches just right that like automatic. And then uh, we also have a big client care uh, event, the movies. We've been doing that for five years now. So how often do you do them and how many people come to those? We do it every year, once a year. And then we have 700 people that show up. It's a different strategy that I'm doing this year though. I want to do more uh, events this year, but smaller. So we're planning the different ones. Uh, maybe do something every quarter. So give me an example so of something that you're gonna adjust to, to get the event smaller. Yeah, so basically one of the things that I want to do is in April, uh, a shredding event. So because after tax season, people have a lot of stuff. Uh, what I'll probably do is rent the big shredder and then have a party. People bring all their shredding stuff and then we'll just do it in the backyard, back here, parking lot. And people bring their stuff and then uh, provide refreshments. That's one. Another thing would be I was thinking of a um, pie party. Go to a bakery and say, hey, come over and there's pie and then I get to touch people. Mm-hmm. And then there's the pumpkin party and there's a, a brunch party. 
that I'm thinking. So different things, different events throughout the year because the movie is great. I just have heard from my clients that some of them, it's not their thing. I'd like to be able to do different things to touch other people. What was the, what was the last movie you guys did? I know the answer. Uh, the, last, <laughs> the last one was a superhero. It one, was Wonder so. Woman. It was Wonder <laughs> Woman, right? And you guys were all dressed up and everything. So yeah. that was awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that's really cool. So you, and then, so your client for life strategy involves a couple of mailings. Do you do any emails? What other, any, like what well, phone calls, obviously yes, are a big part I, of it. Yes. The phone calls and then the emails, uh, we do send them an email. So we send an email once a month. It could be to, of, of our events. So one thing that also brings my clients together are the events. I do first-time home buyer, buyer seminar and investor seminar. That's a touch, right? So we send an email to the client. And then we also call them to let them know we have this event. If you have their friends and family, we'd love to have them over. And the, the response from my client is very positive because they say, Bernadette, you're so busy already. I don't know why they think that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really? You're, like- so <laughs> you're so busy and you still make time to do this. And so... It, the response has been amazing with those events. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really good. And, and then there, and then yeah, and there's the Facebook as well. So we touch them, email, Facebook, mail. What, what do you use? How do you events. use Facebook to to connect with your clients? So when I when I uh, post videos, um, my my clients see that, and I get private messages from my clients. So they, it's a touch. Again, it's a touch. Do you friend, uh, do you friend all of your clients on Facebook? Yes, I do. And so do you push the videos through your Facebook page? I know this technical or through your personal, what's the, or both? Uh, it's on both. It's on both. So we have it on the Carista Facebook and it's on my personal as well. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. So what other time management things, because you're, you're doing more volume than most of the people that I'm talking to and you seem less stressed and you're like, you know, exercising and taking, and okay, are you working evenings or weekends? Oh, that's a very good question. I only work one night a week. Wednesday night is my late night appointments. I leave the office at 5, 5.30 the rest of the week. I don't work weekends. Do you work zero. from home? On my Wednesday appointments, if nobody's coming, then I would make the phone calls from home. Okay. But do you ever like get at home and jump on your computer and work and do emails and stuff? Very rarely. When I'm at home, I'm at home. I'm not working. I'm not picking up the phone not doing anything. And the reason why is I can't do it. Like I find that I'm not as present mm-hmm. uh, when I do that. Unless, as I said, if it's a Wednesday, then I know that it's in the zone that I promised my client that and everybody knows and they're out. But the jumping in and out, that doesn't work for me. Right. Just, so if a lead comes yeah. in on a weekend, what do you, what happens? So, and how do like, did you used to use your cell phone and then go switch to an office phone? Because how are people tracking you down that are being referred to? Oh, my clients don't know my cell phone. Okay. They only know your office line. They'd only know my office line. And has it been that way for a long time or did you switch to that at some point? I switched to that about five years ago. And how much um, of a difference I, has that made in your mental health? Oh, amazingly. Amazing. Amazing. I, I learned that from uh, Todd Duncan. Mm-hmm. I attended his sales mastery seminar and he said, do not give your cell phone to your clients. And so I'm like, oh, done. So they, they don't text me. Uh, right. Nobody texts me. So if a lead comes on a weekend, I do listen to it. And I, you know, I see how urgent it is. 
um, if they want to just get pre-approved and all that stuff, really, like, I won't. Because what happens is if I respond to them on a weekend, they will expect me to respond every weekend. Mm -hmm. So I choose not to. Right. Um, you're con we always yeah. say you're constantly training people how to treat you. And so if you're, if you're going to, every time you, they, they talk, you jump, they're like, Oh, you're going to jump every time. And then when you don't, they're going to be like, what's going on. And so, yeah, they're you, more disappointed. And my, my voicemail says that anyway, office hours are nine to five Mondays to Fridays. Right. And so they hear that. They said the expectation. So they're not expecting. Right. Yeah. And then and if it's really, really urgent, I will. And mm -hmm. so what it happens if I do call them because I know it's urgent, like I'm they're about to make an offer and they're freaking out or whatever. It's more of a, Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful you called me versus. Yeah. Hey, I, how have you, how come you don't call me back yet? Like instead of them being yeah. entitled, they're grateful, different, different perspective. Yes. Right. So, yes. um, that's really, really good. Okay. So any other time, so you have a theme for every day you have, so one of the things that you do is the realtors and then pending clients, pre-approvals, past clients, anniversaries. So any other strategies you have for managing your time and then anybody has well, questions, please post them in there. We'd love to hear your questions for us too. So go ahead. The thing that I also do is I look at uh, the five areas of work that are important. So there's team care, there's lead generation there's underwriting, there's marketing, and there's finance. And so every day, I just make sure I do something to improve each one. And so during team care, like we have a team meeting every week, and then lead generation, I'll just do something different for lead generation that is purposeful to make that better. I call it EBI, EBI that area. EBI. Marketing. What does EBI, EBI mean? Even better if. Even better if, oh, EBI. Okay, so what about, does your team in your office, are they remote? What's the structure like? And that's my first question. My second question is, do you do a team huddle every day? Because I know there's a lot of top producers that have a short huddle to kind of get everybody oriented. Do you do that? Or do you like a pipeline meeting? What, like, what do you, how do you manage the stuff yes. that's going on? My under, good question. I have two underwriters. They're working from home. Um, my two client care managers are here. And then uh, we don't do a daily huddle. We haven't gotten there yet. It hasn't, we haven't created space for that, but we do meet every week. Uh, Tuesday, 1230 to two is our team meeting event. And then Friday, we actually have a whole day training that we're doing. So, not, not every Friday, uh, but it's a once in a while. Just, yeah, once in a while. This Friday, we have a whole day training, but every Tuesday is a team meeting, 1230 to one. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and that that has a ritual as well. There's a structure on the team meeting. Okay. Well. So what does a team meeting look like for you? What makes an effective team meeting? So right now, again, this will change because we have training on Friday. But EBI, just even better if I know I, that yes. everything you tell me, it's going to be like six months. Because Scott, that's so six months ago. I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So currently today, the team meeting goes, we start with uh, highlighting a team member. So each team member will share what they appreciate or what they're grateful for that another team member did. Just so you know, I want to come work uh, for you. Are you hiring? Cause like, I'll come work, like, <laughs> I don't want to work for anybody, but I want to work for you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we do that. And then I, we did uh, a training on empathy and, and we talk about the times when a team member exhibited empathy. There was a time when, when we learn empathy, our trainer said, when you have a team meeting, share about a time that an experience where you could have been more empathetic. And I realized as we kept doing that, we were kind of beating ourselves up because we were not empathetic each and every time. 
And so I said, why don't we just share the times when one of a team member is empathetic, gracious, generous, caring. And so that's what we do. That's how we start. And then we, then we, now we're talking, and then the second portion is their life. Uh, we're, it's very important for me that we all have a great life and we take care of our lives outside work. So everybody has a, some health commitment, spiritual commitment that they will do. So they talk about that. This is my commitment and this is what I did. And so again, that creates a, you know, your team member is not just a team member, it's a person, they have a life. And so that creates that extra level of connection. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about our goals, where we're at, our volume and any issues that we may have and any EBIs in the area of underwriting client care, lead generation that we'd like to talk about and implement. Right. So that kind of, that makes like your pipeline meeting that you do where you're sort of looking at like 30,000 foot level of your files and stuff. Is that where you guys would, if something was coming up, you're like, Hey, there's a situation here or something. Yes. So if there's anything that they'd like to talk about, um, just so you know, this is happening right now and you know, what can we do to make that better and how can we prevent that from happening in the future kind of thing. So yeah, that's the avenue for that during our team meeting. Okay. Another question I have. So Matt, if you have any questions, just like ping me on this chat thing and let me know that you got some questions and I'll open up your, well, you're up on your mic, but so what about hiring? So one of the things I'm not very good at is hiring people. And so how, like, you sound like you have a great team. Did you like, how did you get them? Like, how did you, (laughs) did somebody help you? Are you just good at hiring? Like, what was that like? Oh, um, hiring is your right. is not easy. Uh, basically, I've I've gone to so many assistants over the past fifteen years, and do you know how I many? Do you, do you ever keep count of the number? <laughs> I, I don't know if you have or not. I'm just curious if you. Like. Um, I think I must have ten have ten have left. Right. Ten, and so somebody said, Emith said, you attract uh, the right person at a, you attract the type of person you need at every stage of your life. And so I attracted them and then they left. So every person that you hire is a reflection of where you're at at that particular time. The hiring before I wasn't good at it. And just like everything else, you just had to just have to keep doing it mm-hmm. until you find your rhythm. So now everybody in my team right now, I referred, they were referred to me um, by somebody. And uh, it's interesting. My last couple of hires uh one interview and i just use my gut and there you go right that's okay. how i've done it yeah okay good um so matt has some questions i have a couple other ones in the back of my head but maybe matt throw a question at us brother and let us know who it's from yeah. um so apologies to anybody if i mispronounce your name wrong but uh rahim lakani says uh, question i'm hiring an underwriter what should i look out for what makes a good team player in high stress environments One of the things I learned right now is you have to know what the values are that are important to you. Okay. For example, for me, the things that are important to me are humble. The things that are important to me, like aside from caring person, uh, diligence and all that. So those are important to me. You got to think of the values that are important to you first. What values are those? Write them down. Is it Detail orientation, is it whatever that is to you? You have to know that by heart. And then you have to find the, the instances in that person's life that they exhibited that. So I hear you say 
high stress environment ability. What is that? Is that calm? Is that efficiency? Is that, I don't know what that is. So you have to know what that is. And then, and then you have to find um, examples of how that person exhibited those in their past life. So you, your uh, questions are, to, are you looking for value questions basically, or to make sure that you have an alignment in values? Because when we've had problems in the past, it's been, there's a great person not aligned there. And then you're like, oh crap, this isn't going to work. Correct. Because I believe I can teach the other stuff. I can teach underwriting. I can teach, you know, uh, mortgages. I could teach all that. I've hired a lot of people that don't have mortgage experience. I cannot teach humility. I cannot teach diligence. I cannot teach caring. I, I say I that's, your, that's your parents' fault. Like I can't do anything about that, right? That's kind of <laughs> yes, so, yeah. So, so for for that question, you have to find that first, and then the the rest you can teach. Because right. it sounds like this person, you, you, the, the one who's asking a question, is an experienced broker. Otherwise, why wouldn't why would you hire an underwriter? Mm-hmm. I believe you can teach all that other stuff. The aptitude right. um, you cannot. Kind of thing. I would, yeah. If I could fist bump you right now, I would. Like, but I, the camera's too far away. Okay, next question, Matt. Uh, oh my goodness! I feel like we should just do a month of Bernadette on Island. Bernadette on Island. I know. I just your energy's awesome. Just okay. Keep going, Matt. Okay, uh, this one's from the notorious Rob Campbell. He says, "Hey kids, uh, does Bernadette do face-to-face appointments, or is it via webcam, or is it just all phone call?" Oh, that's a good question. So. We always offer a phone call first. And if we meet resistance, then, then they, they do want face-to-face, then we will have face-to-face. What percentage of but people are going the face-to-face versus phone call? Face-to-face is now like 2%. Okay. So it's pretty rare. 98. Pretty, pretty rare because my, my team sells them, not sells, show them the benefit of just doing it over the phone. Uh, versus, you know, the commute and all that stuff. But yeah, if, if it's important for them to meet me, see me, I am open to that for sure. Okay, cool. Any other questions, Maddie? Uh, just one last one for myself. Uh, as somebody who heard you at Broker Talks and decided to get up at 4.30 in the morning and failed within a week, um, <laughs> at what point did you realize, you know, I like getting up in the morning? Have you always liked getting up in the morning? Yeah, talk to that because I, yeah, I struggle with it. <laughs> Okay, that, that's a very good question. I do have an edge. In the Philippines, at elementary school, from elementary school, school starts at 7. And our houses are far from the school, so I had to get up at 5. I've always been an early riser, so I have that benefit. Now, people will say, but you had a reason because you have to be in school. And then it's just that over time... Um, there are things that are really important to me. Now, in your in your case, if you do want to get up at four thirty, what if you, what time do you wake up normally? I don't want to tell everybody, but yeah, like seven. Okay, so so to go from seven to four thirty, that's a big adjustment. So, <laughs> um, a lot of people have what they've done is they go seven um, six thirty first, and then six. You know, like baby steps because to to go from 7 to 4:30 and expect yourself to be consistent with it is kind of difficult. it's like me waking up at 1:30 every day like even i can imagine what you could get done just don't, but just think about this burn it out it'd be amazing you'd be like you could get so much work done you'd be like oh my gosh this is a- <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. You can write yeah. a book. You can, every morning you get up and just write. Like, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sort of that. And then I didn't, one of the other things that some people do, this, they, they, they hear this and they say, I'm going to do that regularly. Again, that's also not setting yourselves up for success. What if you say, you know, you're going to get up six on a Saturday first and then six on a Sunday. Like, do you know what I mean? Like baby stuff, slowly, slowly, slowly. And then the workout too. A lot of people say, oh my gosh, like I can't work out every day. If you haven't been working out and you expect yourself to work out religiously every day, again, that's a lot. You just go work out once a week and then twice a week and then three times a week. And then the workout also routine. People say, oh my gosh, I don't want to do P9X3, so I'm not going to do that. I'm like, it doesn't have to be that. Use joy as your GPS, like Robin Sharma said. What, whatever gives you joy. Is it, is it walking? Is it running? Is it whatever? Is it sleeping in? That is. <laughs> sleeping <laughs> in. Sleeping in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, that's yeah. really good. That's really good advice. A couple of last questions I want to ask you. One about goal setting, one about systems. So tell me about, you obviously have goals. So how do you, when you set goals, how do you remind yourself? I personally write down my goals every single day because I've got ADD and I will straight up just forget that that was a goal. <laughs> be like, I don't even, I, that was something I wanted to do. So how do you remember the goals that you have set for yourself? That's good. Yes. Um, that I've, I've read that about writing it every day. I'm not as consistent as you about writing it every day. I would revisit it although either two, twice a week or every week. Okay. But it's, it is written. It is written. So I write, I have short-term goals and have long-term goals and I write it and I write it and I review it and I write it. Um, it's important that we write it over and over and over again. So sometimes I'd write it and then I'll meditate. Sometimes I'll just write it. So depends on how I feel at the moment. My meditation in the morning could be about meditation on my goals. Like it, again, my meditation every morning is different, but there is always a time when I meditate on my goals. Mm-hmm. And then I ask myself, if, you know, there was a time that I questioned my goals. Like, is this really a good thing? Most of the time, the goals that, I, that I've set have created so much good for other people. So there's a good in there. Right. You got to yeah. remind yourself of that. Okay. Matt has a question, but I'm going to ask one other. So in, you've, there's always three parts of the business. There's leads, there's team, and there's systems. And so we talked about, obviously, leads. We talked about your team, which is you've got an there's independent. There's four. four. Okay. What's, you tell me what you, the fourth is. But then systems, what's the piece? How do you make sure that you nothing slips through the cracks? So like, what are you using? You got your lead tracker. Is that like a Google sheet? What are you using there? And then how yes. do you... Okay. The lead tracker is a Google sheet. Okay. Everybody sees that. And then the system for that, it, it has to be, we don't stop following up. I was going to say bugging the client, but we don't stop following up until we've made the eighth call. Right. So it, like yeah, that's on a renewal. You guys yeah. will phone them eight times before you will give up on that talk, that yeah. renewal conversation. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lead tracker. We have a renewal tracker. We have a pipeline tracker that we do. And then we have our weekly team metrics. Like we measure where we're at every week in terms of volume. How many, how many deals we have booked, how many lives, mm-hmm. live deals and stuff. Yeah. That's like your pipeline meeting stuff. Okay. So Matt, you got one other question then we'll wrap up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Terlucas on Facebook said, uh, what does Bernadette do to make her clients stick with her? Specifically the ones that she never meets in person. Thank you, Jim, for the questions. Jim, you got to come on here with us. Just I got to jump. Hold on, Jim. You got to come on here with us. So I'm just putting a shout out to you right now. So we want to we want to talk to you too. I want to hear from you, Jim. Basically, the 
I guess when you say how do they, the, the follow-up and then the many things that we do throughout the year, that's the best way that I could do that works right now for me. Because my team is very good with the follow-up. If it's me, they won't stick. <laughs> I can't guarantee it out, Jim. It's just because my team is always there following up and every time they ask a question, the uniqueness that we offer when we they deal with us, they deal with a team, not just with me. Whenever they have a question, a, a concern, either they talk to me, my team, and a writer, there's always somebody available for them and somebody's always following up. The key I find is in the follow-up. Without that, they would have gone left. Right. Communication is a, is a killer app. Like it's the thing that really makes people, I think, build your business, build your relationships. And so having really good communication throughout the process, after the process, and not just like, you know, love them and leave them, which some people do. Uh, so Bernadette, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom. I love talking to you. And if I'm ever in Vancouver and our, you know, your schedule works, I'd love to, you know, connect because I just love sharing ideas with you. And so thank you so much for this and for to our community. I know that, you know, and your goals, I hope you crush next year. I'm sure you will, but you know, um, yeah, this has been awesome. So thanks so much. Well, I just wanted to also shout out to you guys. Like, I admire what you're doing. Uh, thank you for featuring different people and giving a lot of people different perspectives. Because in this industry, the potentiality and the possibility is what also keeps a lot of people going. So keep doing what you're doing. It's inspiring a lot of us. So thank okay. you. Okay, thanks, B. Talk to you later.